with me to John chapter 18, please. John chapter 18 in your Bibles. Turn there with me if you would, please. John chapter 18. We're going to lift some pressure this morning. We're going to lift some pressure this morning. The Lord's going to do it. On this Palm Sunday as Jesus Christ rode into the city of Jerusalem in all power and grace and majesty and glory and honor. We also see that many times before he, got to the, before he went into Jerusalem and after he was in Jerusalem, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Everybody say Garden of Gethsemane. The word Garden of Gethsemane means pressure. Everybody say pressure. There's a lot of pressure that is in life today. If you notice up top, we have a picture of the Garden of Gethsemane right, by, right up there on the video screen. This is looking at the eastern gate and the eastern wall. If you notice in the background, there's a large wall. That's the wall that goes around uh, the city of Jerusalem even today. The gate that is there that is closed up is the eastern gate. In front of the eastern gate, there is a Muslim graveyard. Then as you come toward the Garden of Gethsemane, that is the Valley of Kidron, which is talks about in the Bible. Then all the trees that you see are olive trees, and all those olive trees, that is the Garden of Gethsemane. So you are looking from the Mount of Olives. This picture is taken from the Mount of Olives. I've actually stood on the Mount of Olives, and as you look down, you see all the olive trees that have the green and the black olives. Then as you continue to walk, you go through the Valley of Kidron, and then you walk into the city of Jerusalem. If you notice, the eastern gate is blocked off right now, and there is a graveyard in front of you. You say, why? Because the Muslim population there, and again, I'm not putting down Muslims. I'm just saying the Muslim population there said that if we block off the wall, this Messiah won't be able to get through it. And if we put a graveyard in front of the in front of the door that says in the Old Testament that a holy man will not touch something that is dead. But I got news for them. Jesus Christ, when he comes back, is not living under the Old Testament principle. Jesus Christ, when he comes back, he lands on the Mount of Olives. He walks down through the Garden of Gethsemane, and he walks right through that graveyard, and he walks right, how many of you know the Lord's going to be able to walk through walls? He walks right through those walls. He walks right into the temple, and he declares himself as King of kings and Lord of lords, and he cleans up this mess on planet Earth. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Come on, give him praise. It's Palm Sunday. It's Victory Day. It's Victory Day. It's Victory Day. So if you notice here in chapter 18 and verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, which you just saw, where there was a garden, which you just saw the garden, which he and his disciples entered into. And Judas who betrayed him also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, and he said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said that to them, I am he, they drew back. Look at that. And they fell to the ground. If you notice the word garden, it says they went into a garden. That word garden there was the Garden of Gethsemane. It's talking about a place of pressure. Man, we live in a pressurized society today. Pressure's all around us. Pressure all from the north, south, east, and west. Now pressure can be used to draw us close to the Lord. I'm not saying the Lord puts pressure on us, but he allows pressurized situations situations that come our way. And how many of you know it's through pressure a lot of times that we draw close to the Lord, that we get saved, and that we come closer to Him, and it gets our attention. But pressure can also be a negative thing that crushes us. Pressure can be a sense of being overwhelmed. Pressure can be a feeling of being stressed out. Pressure weighs heavy on us, and it weighs us down. And there's all kinds of pressure that we deal with. There's emotional pressure. There is job pressure. There is family pressure. There is health pressure. There is mental pressure. There is peer pressure. There 
There's financial pressure. There are just the pressures of life. There's relationship pressure. Even the events of the world that are around us and going on as we watch them on TV or on the internet. There's world event pressures. There's spiritual pressures. And there's ministry pressure. And all this pressure that is in the world today, I have not ever lived in such a time where there was so much pressure. There's always been some pressure, but every place you turn, pressure, pressure, pressure. And these pressures cause high anxiety. It's unbelievable how much anxiety is out there. Every week, somebody's in my office, I'm anxious, I have anxiety issues. But I got news for you this morning. We're not going to zero in on the anxiety issues. We're going to zero in on the one who is able to deliver you from all anxiety issues. And does anybody know who his name is? It is Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. So these pressures can cause anxiety. They can cause high stress. They can cause panic attacks and disorders. There was a young man, uh, there was a wife today, this past week that was in prayer meeting Tuesday. She said, Pastor, pray for my husband. He's been having panic attacks. I said, the next time he comes to church, make sure he comes down to the altar and we'll lay hands on him. And she said, man, he's going through so many panic attacks that he's unable to come to church. How many of you understand, when you're going through a time of pressure, it's not the time to hide. How many of you know it's the time to come out of hiding. It's a time to believe the Lord for prayer. It's a time to get to the house of the Lord and get delivered of all of your pressure. Hello, is anybody here today? Yeah, you don't want to hide. You want to abide with the other people. These pressures cause anxiety, they cause high stress, panic attacks and disorders, extreme nervousness, overwhelming worry, fears of all kind, depression and hypertension, health issues, mental anguish, dizziness, sleep issues, and heart palpitations. But today is a day of healing, and today is a day of deliverance for everyone. Everybody say everyone. You do not have to live with all of that hypertension, with all of those sleep disorders, with all of that heart palpitations, with all of that high stress, and those panic attacks because Jesus Christ is here and I believe that he is a God of miracles that can heal, that can deliver, that can touch, and that can lift all that pressure off of you. Aren't you glad today you're going to live, leave pressure free? Come on, give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn to somebody and say, the pressure is going to lift from my life today. The pressure is going to lift from my life today. Oh, it is going to lift. Now, if you notice in chapter 18, all of us are going to feel some type of pressure. It is impossible to live in this life without feeling some type of pressure. If you notice in verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook where there was a garden which he and his disciples, look at that, they entered into it. And in verse 2, Judas, who often betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there. Everybody say often and met there. We cannot escape pressure. It is going to affect us, but we do not have to let it overwhelm us. We do not have to let it paralyze us. We do not have to let it affect our lives in a destructive way. How many of you are glad that the Lord shows us how we can handle pressure? Can you say amen? I'm going to give you four ways that you can handle pressure this morning. Write them down. If you don't have a piece of paper, write on somebody's shirt or sleeve next to you. Get these points down, because why? We're all going to face some pressure. We're all going to face those pressure systems, no matter the ones I named, emotional emotional, job, ministry pressure, but there are ways that we can walk in victory through them. Number one, remember the enemy is involved in the pressure times in your life, but we have total and complete victory over the enemy. Remember the enemy is involved with pressure, but we never, but we can always have victory over the enemy. Now very important for you to understand not everything is enemy driven. Not everything is because there is an enemy, but when it comes to pressure, he is involved 
and he is there. So maybe the enemy didn't start the pressure. Maybe it was just our bad decision or what things that we have done that were wrong. Pressure came our way or it's just the pressure of life or the pressure of events that are outside in the world. It doesn't matter why those pressures come, but how many of you know the enemy plays dirty? When those pressures come, guess what the enemy does? He jumps in the middle of that to try to destroy us and try to discourage us and take us away from the Lord. If you notice here in verse 2, it says in John 18, and Judas, everybody say Judas, who betrayed him. Judas in your Bible and in my Bible is a picture of the devil himself. And then in verse 3, when Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and with weapons. These troops and these officers represent demonic forces that come. And if you notice in verse 3, it says that the enemy knew this place. It says in verse 2, Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place. The enemy knows the place of pressure that you are in. He knows exactly what you are going through. He knows the hassles and the job pressure and the personal pressure and the money pressure and the health pressure and the family pressure and the mental pressure that you are going through. You say, how in the world does he know that I'm going through pressure? Because he hears what you say. He hears what you speak. How many of you are glad today that only God knows what we are thinking? Only God knows what is inside of us. You say, does the devil know what I'm thinking? No, he doesn't because he's only an angel. He doesn't know everything at all. How many of you know that the enemy cannot be every place at once because he's an angel, but God can? How many of you know the Lord knows everything we are thinking because he is God Almighty himself? So the enemy does not know what you're thinking. He only knows what you're thinking by what you say. So it is very, very important in our Christians' lives that we are very careful when we are going through times of pressure. It is very, very important that we watch out what we speak because my Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And by what you say, it can take you under. But it is important that we speak the truth. But when we speak the truth, we need to add a comma and we need to add the Word of God. Let me give you a few examples. When we are under pressure, here are some of the things that people might say. Pastor, there is just no hope anymore. Pastor, I feel like the Lord has left me. Pastor, nothing is working for me and I'm always going to be this way. Pastor, I've been praying and praying, but my kids are going farther away from the Lord. Pastor, I'm going under. Pastor, this is way too much for me. Pastor, I am just an anxious person. Listen, it's okay to say those things, but if you just stop right there, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and the enemy will come in, and he'll smack you. Oh, boy, he will put you down. What do we do, Pastor? You tell the truth, and then you put a comma, and then you put the Word of God after the comma. So let me give you a few examples this morning. Pastor, I am sick, and it doesn't seem like, and it seems like I am always going to be sick, but comma, but the Word of God says that Jesus Christ is Jehovah Rapha, and he is my healer, and I'm not always going to be sick because of what it says in Exodus 15 and verse 26. Can you say amen? Pastor, 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 there seems to be no hope, comma, but Jeremiah 29 11 says I do have a hope and I do have future and I am going to make it through this time of pressure. Pastor, I feel the Lord has left me, comma, but he hasn't left me because Hebrews 13 5 says he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Pastor Strayer, nothing is working. It seems like I'm always going to be this way, comma, but the word of God says he started a good work in me and he will complete the good work until until he returns. Uh-oh, pastor. 
I'm going under, comma, but that's not true. John 8, 44 says the devil is a liar and I'm not going under, but I'm going through something to grow and become more like the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pastor Strayer, it seems to be too much for me and I am overwhelmed, comma, but the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that the Lord will never give me more than I can handle, but with the temptation, He will give me a way to escape. Hello, anybody here this morning? Pastor, I am just a worrywart and an anxious person, comma. No, I'm not. I am not an anxious person, and I am not a worrywart because the Word of God says I am victorious. The Word of God says I am an overcomer. The Word of God says I am a child of the King. The Word of God says the enemy is underneath my feet. The Word of God says that I am a new creation. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. Would you do that? So remember, remember. Remember that the enemy is involved with pressure, but how many of you are glad that we have total and complete victory over the enemy? Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to go right back to John. But turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to give you one point about the enemy. One point about the enemy in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. And here's the point. The enemy never gives up in his pursuit of us. The enemy never gives up in his pursuit of us. You say, Pastor Strayer, when will I be relieved of this pressure when I do your funeral? Because guess where you'll be? You'll be in heaven shouting victory. How many of you know down here we're going to have some pressure? But guess what? We need to understand that we have all authority over every principality and power that comes our way. Don't zero in on the enemy. Don't zero in on demons. Don't quit, talk, quit talking about the enemy. Start talking about the authority we have in Jesus Christ. Start talking about what Jesus Christ can do for you and how you don't have to put up with great anxiety. You don't have to put up with panic attacks. You don't have to go to the, go to the prescription drugs and start taking pills to get to sleep at night. How many of you know the Bible says that he gives everybody who's born again? Is anybody born again in this place? My Bible says that he gives you perfect sleep every night of the week. You say, I'm so worried and I'm so upset. You don't have to live that way. Be anxious not in one thing, but in everything through prayer and praise. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your heart and your mind. It does not mean that you won't feel pressure. It does not mean that you won't battle pressure. It does not mean that pressure be there. But we need to understand pressure does not have to paralyze us. Pressure does not have to defeat us. Pressure does not have to take us down. We need to take pressure down. We need to step on its neck and we need to continue to move forward in everything that the Lord has called us to do. Can you say amen? So we never we need to understand something about the enemy. The enemy never gives up in his pursuit of us. He will throw the kitchen sink at us. He will throw anxiety at us. He will throw worry at us. He will throw stress at us, high stress. He will throw hypertension at us. He will get our blood pressure going up. He will give you panic attacks. He's like a roaring lion whom he who seeking whom he may devour. Here in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober. That doesn't mean don't drink anymore. That just means be on the alert. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But I love verse 9. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So when the enemy comes against us and he starts to put that spirit of anxiety on us, guess what? In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of anxiety. You must go in the name of Jesus. When depression comes our way, I take authority over that spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. When panic attacks and feel like we're being overwhelmed, I come against that spirit in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You do not have to walk around paralyzed. You do not have to walk around stressed out. You can be filled up with the Holy Spirit and defeat every power of hell that comes against you in this area of life. 
Anybody want the victory over pressure today? You can have it. You can have it. Now, there are two ways to stop the enemy's pursuit. Remember, the enemy never gives up in his pursuit of us. But there are two ways you can stop the enemy pursuing you. You say, what's the first one? You can back away from the Lord and slow down. Hey, I don't need to go to church as much. Hey, I don't need really to read the Bible. You know what? I don't really have to pray as much. I'm saved and I'm born again and I can just kind of sit back and take it easy. And guess what the enemy will do? That is wonderful. I am so glad for all the pressure they've been under because this pressure has become so bad and they have their eyes on the pressure instead of the Lord. Now they're out of the ball game. <laughs> oh, they're saved. And once in a while they go to church, and once in a while they put a dollar in, but guess what? They're just enjoying life, and guess what happens when you do that? The pressure begins to lift. You know why the pressure begins to lift? You're out of the battle. You are out of the fight. And when you're out of the battle and you're out of the fight, are you still going to heaven? Yep. Are you still born again? Yep. Do you still love the Lord? Yep. Does he still love you? Yep. But are you in it with all of your heart? No. And guess what? The pressure gets less and less and less and less, and the enemy is glad. If he can't take your salvation, then guess what? He wants to do the second thing, take you out of the battle and take you out of the fight that you're not worth anything when it comes to battling him concerning the kingdom of darkness. What's the second way we can start, stop the pursuit of God? The second way of the enemy. The second way we can stop the enemy's pursuit, we can stay filled up and we can use our authority in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's how I'm going to stop the enemy's pursuit of me. I am not going to sit on the couch. I am not going to give in. There's no retirement. There is refirement. I'm going to go after the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind as anybody else. And when the enemy tries to put anything on me, how many of you are glad you have of the authority through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to come against him in Jesus' name, and the enemy has to flee. Come on, give the Lord praise and glory and honor this morning. Would you do that? Do you remember in John 18, if you want to turn back there, do you remember in John 18 when they came after the Lord? Look what it says in verse 6. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. We need to understand something. When they came against Jesus, he was so filled with the Holy Spirit. When the demon forces came to take him away, guess what they did? They fell backwards. How many of you are glad that when the enemy comes towards you and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're not going to defeat you. They're going to fall backwards and they're going to be defeated in the name of the Lord. That's how I'm stopping the pursuit of the enemy. Number two, number two, how to handle the pressures of life. Here's the second point. Number two, never isolate yourself. Never isolate yourself. Turn to somebody and say, do not isolate yourself. Do not isolate yourself. We need to understand that the Bible calls born-again believers sheep, and all the sheep said. Sheep are always in flocks. Hello? Sheep are always in flocks. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Um, I don't really need to go to church. Give me the scriptures. Give me the scriptures, please. I can give you scriptures from Genesis to Revelation that go against what you're saying. That's just people out there that want to do their own things. But let me tell you, even though they don't go to church, when they get in trouble, they call the church. Hey, Pastor, you there? Yeah, I'm there. I haven't seen you in a year, and I'm in trouble. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to help you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to love you. But guess what? Get in the house of the Lord, not just so it'll look full. Get into the house of the Lord, because when any of us are under pressure, we can't handle it by ourselves. It will crush us. It will defeat us. It will take us down. But how many of you are glad that you can come to a church, any church? You can come to a church. You can come to small groups. You can know a lot of people that when pressure comes against you, you don't have to wilt. You don't have to go under. You can call somebody. You can come to the 
altar after a service. We will pray with you. We will help you. We will love you. And you'll leave this place victorious in the name of the Lord. And you'll stay victorious in Jesus' name. Life should come with this warning label. We can't make it on our own. We can't make it on our own. Look at Jesus in verses 1 to 2. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples. Later on in that verse, which he and his disciples entered. At the end of verse 2, met there with his disciples. Jesus was giving us an example. He was always with his disciples. In the greatest pressure time of the ministry of Jesus, he was with his disciples. And guess what most of us say? I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. I just want to stay home all by myself. The enemy's going to beat the tar out of you. Don't go by your feelings. He will beat the tar out of you. What should I do? Crawl to the house of the Lord. Crawl to the altar. Tell us what's going on. We're going to hug you. We're going to love you. We're going to bless you. We're going to come through for you. We're going to help you. We're going to call you. We're going to be there for you. We're not going to let the enemy win. Turn to somebody and say, don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Well, pastor, I'm married, my wife and my husband, we're best friends, we can make it alone. No, you can't. Mm -mm. Jesus needed all the disciples. How many disciples were there? There were 12 disciples. He needed everybody around him. You say, wait a second, he was all God, he could handle it. He was all man. He felt the pressure. He never sinned, but he felt the pressure, and he needed other people around us. Please, when you wake up on Sunday morning and during the week, I just don't feel like to be around anybody. I'm so depressed. Duh, that's the time to call somebody. That's the time to reach out to somebody. Don't let the enemy win. Don't isolate yourself. You're a sheep. Now, one thing that begins to rule us when we isolate ourselves is our soul. You say, what is your soul? It's our mind, our feelings, and our emotions. Have you ever said things like this? I don't feel like the Lord cares about me. I don't feel like the Lord cares about my situation. I don't feel that I'll ever get well. Nothing seems to work. I feel so weak and exhausted. I feel like there's no way out and no one understands. I feel like the Lord has deserted me. I feel like I am far away from God and He, has far, and he is far away from me. Your feelings will move you away from the Lord and they will move you away from making right decisions and following the Lord's plan and will and destiny for your life. That is why we need to be sheep, we need to be in a flock, and we need to be around people and not isolate, because if you come up to me and give me 56 feeling statements, guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> do you realize that you've said, I don't feel it for 56 times? Well, I just don't feel like God has answered my prayer. I'm glad you came up to me, because listen, we're not going to go by your feelings. We're going to go by the Word. First John 5, verses 14 and 15 says, whatever you ask, He hears. And if He hears, He will give to you according to His will. He does hear, and He does answer prayer. I'm just going through so much pressure, I just feel like God is not with me. Wait a second. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Hey, wait a second. The Lord just doesn't care about me. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, cast all of your cares upon the Lord because he does care for you. Your feelings lead you away from the Lord. Your feelings lead you away from the word. Your feelings are going to defeat you. But guess what? As you come to the house of the Lord, people are going to grab you and look you in the eye. Quit going by your feelings. Stand on the precious word of God. Go by what God says that you will not be defeated by the pressure of life. And all the people said, 
John chapter 18 and verse 4, here's the third principle to follow. Do not quit. Turn to somebody that looks like they're getting ready to quit and look them in the eye and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. That was only 10 of you. Come on, find somebody else. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Anybody ever felt like giving up before? Yes, John 18, 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him. Can you imagine the pressure that Jesus went through? He knew he was going to be crucified, the worst death that could happen to anybody. He knew what he, was go he was going to have the nails in his wrists and in his legs, his feet. He knew that he was going to have the crown of thorns pressed on him. He knew that he was going to be beaten and whipped. He knew that he was going to die. Isn't that amazing? The pressure that came on him. It says in the Bible that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he never sinned, but he felt such great depression and discouragement just overwhelm him, but yet he did not sin because of the pressure that he was going through. He, his sweat was like drops of blood that came from him as he knelt down. And that's why he looked at the disciples, can't you pray with me? How many of you know you need people praying with you when you're going through great times of stress? But look what Jesus did. I love the Word of God. Jesus Christ, look at this, verse 6, verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, what did he do? He went forward. I am so glad that Jesus did not quit. I am so glad that Jesus did not give up. How many of you are glad that he still went to the cross, that he still died for you, that he still shed his blood, that he still rose from the grave, that he still ascended to the right hand of the Father? How many of you are glad he went forward no matter what the pressure was? And boy, was he under pressure. A lot of born-again believers, they'll come to church, haven't seen them in a while. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where you been? Oh, you just don't know what I've been going through. No, I don't because I haven't seen you in a while. Man, it's just been so bad and so terrible. So let me see. Christianity says this. When things get bad and terrible, don't go to church, don't pray, don't read the Bible, just sit at home, eat chocolates, watch the lightning lose, and just go through depression. That makes a lot of sense. You just don't know what I'm going through. So you're going to stay away from people that love you. You're not going to seek the face of the Lord. You're not going to serve anymore. And you're going to quit and have nothing to do with God again. Guess what? Your situation is really going to turn around. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when Jesus was going through all the pressure he was going through, and no matter what pressure any of us have gone through or will go through, it is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ went through. But how many of you know he is our example to follow? He did not quit. He did not give up. He did not go backwards. He went forward knowing the pressure that was in front of him and knowing that if he didn't quit, he would have victory. Come on, is anybody here today? We're going forward. We're going forward. We need to have BBA. Turn to somebody and say, we need BBA. Bounce back ability. Pressure will smack us. Pressure will knock us down. Pressure will try to overwhelm us. We will feel it, but do not stop and do not quit. The only way to be defeated, lose the battle, and become paralyzed by pressure, anxiety, and high tension is to stop. God's people do not stop or quit when pressure comes. Do not stop praying. Do not stop reading the Bible. Do not stop going to church. Do not stop loving. Do not stop living by faith. Do not stop being committed. Do not stop teaching. Do not stop witnessing. Do not stop serving. Do not stop giving. Do not stop preaching. Do not stop blessing. Do not stop doing what is right. Do not stop taking authority over the enemy. Do not stop speaking life. Do not stop fasting. Do not stop being faithful. Do not stop being active. Make sure that you understand when pressure is strong and anxiety is strong, keep 
on moving forward in the Lord, and it will break. Number four, can you take one more? Number four, here's the fourth thing to do to handle the pressures of life. Jesus Christ went out with his disciples in verse 1 and 2 where there was a garden. They met there often. If you notice, verse 2 says, Jesus often met there with his disciples. Why did they meet there? To pray. It was one of the number one places where Jesus and the disciples prayed among all those olive trees. I've walked through the Garden of Gethsemane. Two times we've been to Israel. I've been right there. Isn't it, wouldn't it be cool to walk through the garden and you're just standing there and kneeling there? And you could be kneeling, and again, you're walking in the same steps that Jesus walked. Isn't that cool and awesome? They prayed, and they sought the Father. They sought Him. You say, why do we need to pray? We need to pray when pressure and worry attack us. Because worry is conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. But prayer is conversation you have with God about things that He can change. Let me say that again. We need to pray when pressure and worry attack us because worry is conversation you have with yourself about things that will not change. But prayer is conversation you have with God about things that He can change. How many of you believe this morning that God can change those panic attacks and God can bring total healing and deliverance to you? How many of you believe that God can lift anxiety from your life in a way that you've never felt before? How many of you are glad that you don't have to have hypertension this morning? How many of you are glad that you don't have to have any more sleepless nights? How many of you are glad that the Lord can give you a peace that passes all understanding? My Bible says be anxious not in one thing, but in everything through prayer and praise. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I just heard on the TV, North Korea, they're testing their nuclear bombs again. Thank you, Lord, for peace. I just heard on TV, I'm going to lose some of my 401k because the stock market's gone wild. Thank you, Lord, for peace. I'm listening to all this stuff that's going on, things that are happening in my life, with my kids, across the world. But how many of you are glad people can look at us and say, what is going on with you? How come you're not stressed out? How come you're not taking prescription drugs? How come you don't have a panic attack? How'd you sleep last night? I slept so wonderful. It was so awesome. I dreamed I was in Hawaii doing beach ministry. I mean, it was great and it was fantastic. How many of you are glad that you can have a peace that passes all understanding? The world's falling apart, but guess what? We're not falling apart. Turn to somebody and say, I'm not going to fall apart. I'm not going to fall apart. Turn to somebody and say, no more drugs, no more drugs. Not as many people said the second one as the first one. Why should we pray, Pastor? Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, please. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Why should we pray? We need to pray because prayer casts all of our pressure on the Lord. Prayer casts all of our pressure on the Lord. I'll end with this and then we're going to pray for people. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Cast all of your cares upon Him. Why should we do that? Cast all of your cares upon Him because He cares for us. The word cast means to throw down violently. It's a wrestling term. Any of you have ever watched wrestling? Some of these wrestlers, they take the guy, they throw him up in the air, put him down on the mat, and then they jump on top of them. That's what this word is talking about. 
You take those cares, and guess what, the, guess what you do? You take them and you violently put them on the mat and the shoulders of our Lord. You say, Pastor, why do we do that? Because we can't handle pressure. God never created us to handle. When I say handle pressure, it doesn't mean we won't be affected by it. We won't feel it. God never created us to be able to handle pressure on our own. We need Jesus. People are falling apart today because they're doing it on their own. You say, Pastor, you're a wimp. Thank you very much. When it comes to pressure, I am a wimp. I can't handle all the pressures of the world. I can't handle all the pressures of the ministry. I can't handle all the financial pressures that are out there, and I don't handle them. You know why? Because the Lord says, I'll fight the battle for you. I want you to bring all your cares to me, Bill, and put them violently down on my shoulders. I didn't create you to do that, and if you try to do that yourself, you're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to die of a heart attack. You're going to have panic attacks. There's going to be hypertension. You're going to be on prescription drugs. And, Bill, you're going to take one prescription drug, and it doesn't help. So now you've got to take a second one to offset the first one. Now you're taking two. Now those two don't work. And now you've got to take three to take care of those two. And now those prescription drugs are hurting your heart and hurting your liver, and you have one day to live. No, I'm not living like that. I'm not going to be like that at all. I got the Lord. I got his word. I got prayer. I got the blood. And now I guess what I'm going to do. I can't handle them. So I'm giving them to you, Jesus. Come on, is anybody else giving them to the Lord? Oh, I'm giving them to you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. I beg you, take all of those pressures that you're feeling this morning. I can't handle them. Good. God never created you to handle them. The Lord says, I'll handle them for you. Give them to me. I'll fight the battle for you. And I got news for you. The Lord wins every battle he fights. Anxiety will crush you. Stress will wipe you out. You won't be any good for anything, your family, your business, or your ministry. You can have that or you can have peace. You can have joy. You can have victory. You can fulfill your destiny. It's your choice this morning. Live with that anxiety or live, leave with peace. Leave with all that depression or leave with the joy of the Lord in your heart. Leave with that burden on your shoulders or leave with it lifted up knowing that Jesus has it. He's going to take it. He's going to do it. He's going to fight the battle and everything is going to be okay. Thank you, Lord. Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. Would you do it? Thank you, Jesus.